welcome to another episode in the series Rooh by Team Chipinaway. In this series, we talk about history of medicine in South Asia. We explore various aspects of history of medicine as covered by the SL Butter History of Medicine Museum. So, to know more about this museum, we have with us Ms. Radhika Hegde, who is the curator of this space. Hi, Radhika. Hi, Radhika. Hi. Hi, Akash. Hi, Durga. So, ma'am, what do you do? Okay, what do I do is a question that I usually have a very long answer to. I am a lecturer at the History of Medicine Department. We also have a History of Medicine Museum that is attached to the department here. It's a central space around which the entire department actually works. We also have a library and the archives that's a part of the museum. And uh, we do a lot of curatorial work apart from the projects that we undertake on uh, history of medicine. I also take classes for uh, many of the medical students as well as the nursing students around the college. So this is what I do. So the museum you spoke about, the History of Medicine Museum. Could you tell us more about that? Museum is called as the SL Bhatia History of Medicine Museum. It was Major General SL Bhatia who in 1963 was invited by the dean at the time Dr. Louis Montero actually the first dean of St. John's Medical College to come and set up the department here. He was the professor emeritus and he headed a post almost in 1981. So it was in 1974 that the History of Medicine Museum was set up. Basically the museum was set up with the paintings of history of medicine that was actually the gift of Dr SL Bhatia to the college apart from that we also have a lot of books that belong to major general bhatia as well as many other things that was a part of his collection major general bhatia moved around the country he was the first indian dean of grant medical college he held a lot of positions across the country like in madras and later in assam and then he retired to bangalore he wanted to set up the history of medicine museum in a place called rupadunga road that's in bangalore but at that point in time we had just got our independence and the government did not have enough funds to actually support you know the cause as such but st john's was something that had just come up and they were very keen to make the understanding of health not just in the form of medical classes or classes based on theoretical subjects but wanted students to have an overall understanding of health that was much more inclusive that's the reason why by major general bhatia with his uh, experience as well as his understanding of health was invited to set up this museum i mean he has left a lot of things for the museum i think uh, one of the biggest contribution of his is the archives that he has given us apart from the paintings and the other primary sources is the speeches that he's made across india he played a very dominant role during bombay plague and his papers on uh, hyderabad when he was the secretary for health in hyderabad where he had to set up the health services from the scratch are just an amazing read if you actually get an opportunity to read that i think it's very interesting because his views on health is so broad and it's not just this traditional understanding of medicine cure treatment but involves so many many other things Thank you ma'am that is actually a very fascinating introduction and that leads right into my next question is about how the change in collection is also reflected in the change of maybe vision for the museum and activities that go with it 
So the museum, of course, started with his basic collection. It forms actually an integral part of our museum as well as the archives. But over the period, we have had a lot of people contributing to the museum. So we have some collections in the museum given to us by doctors as families of doctors. Like we have a set of stethoscopes, which is almost 100 years old. We have midwife's kit that was also given to us. So philanthropy has played a very, very important role. And we've had donations coming to us from different groups of people. We also realized just prior to the pandemic that we need to build our archives. This was basically with a collection that came to us from Dr. Prakash Shetty, who was the head of the department in physiology here, and then later on moved to FAO. And he had this deep connection with history of medicine. And with his collection, an idea came to us that it's time that, uh, you know, we make this place much more diverse and ask people, especially doctors and healthcare workers, if they are ready to give their academic as well as professional work to the archives, where again, the understanding of health is much more broader. So we have Dr. Prakash Shetty's archives that has a nice collection of his work that was done in 1970s and 1980s, where he has looked at the South Indian temple architecture on bodies. We have Dr. Sunil Pandya's collection that again consists of books from the 17th and 18th century, as well as his personal reflections on medical colleges in India. The collection that way is growing right now. And we are, of course, welcoming people who have passion that is related to medicine, but much more broader understanding of medicine and health as such. What kind of medical history is represented in the collection? You mentioned the episode of plague, which I'm sure has had far-reaching effects, maybe social, economic, or even political, and how that has been tied to medical history, which we do not normally think about. So can you give us examples of some standout elements from the collection? The museum has a very eclectic collection. It is not like we just have allopathy or we have one section of medicine that is represented. So the history of medicine paintings, that is actually the second reprints of the history of medicine paintings that was done by Robert Thom, commissioned by Park and Davis. The first original collection is in MIT and a group of reprints was sent to different people around the world. So these set of paintings are very diverse in nature. So we have you know, representations of ancient, emerging medicine and modern medicine. So apart from that, we also have developed other sections like the one that we just mentioned that is on plague. Although we do not have a huge gallery just on these infectious diseases, we have kind of spread it out according to the eras and wherever we think the theme would actually go well. For example, we have what is called as Shitala Devi that is central to our collection in Indian history of medicine. So the understanding of the vaccination that uh, most of us know about is, of course, Jenner's uh, contribution to vaccination. But the other history prior to Jenner is always forgotten. I mean, throughout the world, even the children or visitors who come in are actually shocked that we had a history of vaccination before uh, Jenner. We cannot call this history as vaccination, but there was an understanding of what is called as inoculation. That was a part of Indian medical tradition much before the Britishers came. It's understood that people in Benares would actually visit different places in the north, especially Bengal and Bihar, and would inoculate people with a live virus of smallpox. This would actually give people, especially children, one small dose of smallpox as such, if you can actually say it very colloquially. This would actually help them because they wouldn't get another bout of pox when there was an epidemic. 
a part of this ritual was the worshiping of shitala devi because if you understand the south asian traditions well medicine as well as ritualistic practices go together and it was given prominence in again the bengal and the bihar belt so this becomes a central part of our understanding of medicine in the indian section for plague we have something that is handmade that is the plague doctor the children who visit the museum love it they are very scared of him but also love this so we have placed objects around the museum that has very interesting stories of medicine which is not just okay this was discovered and that was it so it is not just one person's history or one person's story that we are saying here but it's a social history how there was struggle how certain things did not work out initially but was a successful endeavor something later like the story of hand wash the person who actually introduced this first in the hospital he was actually pushed out of the hospital saying that you know the ideas that you're giving is very maddening and it doesn't make sense at all but later on you know as we know covid has proved otherwise that hand washing is such an important part of our daily ritual right now so we have these little stories around which says the struggle of not just one doctor but of the people as such and we try to say it from the angle of social history rather than just medical history as such for my master's thesis i was studying the deities of diseases and the social behavior around health seeking practices and that has been a very fascinating area of research and study for me personally so when akash introduced selvadia museum of medicine history i was over the moon so i wonder if you have any other interactive programs in the museum which helps facilitate the content and research from the museum to the wider audience you mentioned the plague doctor so do you have any other interactive programs in place for people like me to access the museum collection especially without the specific expertise for the history of medicine so we are just developing our resources so we have kind of collaborated with google arts and culture right now so what we are planning to do is to see to it that things in our museum are digitized not just sl bhatia's collection but the other collections where we think people would be interested we are planning to digitize this entire archives of ours and make it available to all but right now what we do with our archives is we have a catalog a basic catalog in place so if the researcher or anybody else who's interested in accessing these things we send them the catalog and if they are interested we scan those particular records and do send it to them because resources is a problem for all the museums and we do have the same kind of problems here we work on need basis kind of a thing right now but yes the vision of the museum is definitely to go towards digitization and make this space accessible to not just one section or one group of people but accessible to all apart from that we do have regular walks that would actually take place prior to the pandemic of course we had a lot of school children coming in from various schools across bangalore we would also collaborate with organizations like intac and we used to have walks with them so we do try to reach out to people because we are placed in an institution our uh, visibility is not like you know out there where people can just walk in and come anytime but we do conduct these walks and we do welcome people who are interested in knowing more we are very happy to take them around so interactives are very limited for now but the larger vision is to actually try and make it as independent as it can be and not always directed by curators and of course akash is actually helping us do that 
And I think it is the merit of such museums with very niche collections and research that actually helps build a lot of research bridges. I think there are quite a few botanical museums with arboreum collections and collections from the colonial past where seeking or sort of recording health-seeking practices of specific peoples was the intention. And from that grew a body of maybe museum collections with botanical, zoological and other samples and then in turn medicinal museums or medical museums. So I really like the way you put the history of the museum very succinctly and the trajectory in which the museum is now proceeding. I would also wonder if there are any personal favorites of yours in terms of the direction in which the museum would probably proceed five to ten years down the line. Yes, the larger vision and being a part of this digitized world where, you know, I can sit here and see, you know, these amazing museums world over. Oh, I would really like, you know, finance and help for that where, you know, people can sit in their homes as far as Canada and then see the museum experience it, research on it, contribute to it. This is something that I would really like to work towards. And we have become a dynamic place right now. Actually, you know, in many ways, I always tell people, COVID actually helped us refocus on things, which was kind of forgotten. We always depended on people coming here, going around the museum. But COVID helped us in reflecting and kind of refocused our values and everything. And this also helped me a lot to look for other avenues where the museum can go towards. So there are spaces right now, like what I mentioned before, Google Arts and Culture and things like that. We hope to collaborate with people across and see, you know, what best can we actually get off to our museum. For now, the shorter vision is to see to it that things are catalogued and kept in place and researchers across the world can actually access things on what they're working on. Like how you mentioned Durga, we would be really happy, you know, if you can actually look at our archives here and, you know, if you want some things to actually give it to you and use our sources because archives, if not used, does not serve the purpose archive should be used and people should know that there is an archive here so this is our larger vision to reach out to people oh thank you and thank you for the invitation i think i would take up that invitation and i'll be thrilled to explore what the archives hold and just a side question again is about the focus of the collection is it largely based on south asia or asia in general or do you have material from other parts of the world Large parts of the museum here focuses on the Western medicine. I don't like calling it Western medicine, but modern medicine, the growth of modern medicine, because I feel that by saying something Western, you kind of regionalize it. But health and education, we should never put it in boxes. So yes, large part of this collection focuses on modern medicine. But right now, yes, we are trying to develop the other sections of the medicine also. For example, the traditional medicine in India. We really want to focus on that area of medicine and kind of look at it much more scientifically rather than depending on just heresy or whatever it is. We don't know the direction that we want to take in that area, but we are trying to put in small things together because we really feel that we do not put things that don't go along with the collections that we already have because our space is limited. The infrastructure is very limited.
we don't know we actually don't have a vision for that space but we do want to focus on that area and see where it goes we also have a herb garden that is actually a part of that section we have around 40 varieties of local herbs that are a part of indian section of medicine so it's been kind of very wide and diverse we want you know somebody to come in and help us to see where this can actually go Actually, the collection sounds quite fascinating because you have medical illustrations, pictures, as well as a garden which is alive, well, and breathing, where you can actually look at the samples, touch leaves, and get various stages of the plant. So that is actually quite fascinating because sometimes you just look at the pictures, and that is the static information that you have. So I really like the multivariate. Yeah. So the idea is to have multisensorial, and yeah, because the kind of age groups that we are looking at, the focus of, I mean, any age group for that matter, your focus might be there for half an hour, forty-five minutes, but after that, you kind of, you know, get lost. So that's the reason we want to have a multisensorial experience where we can bring in not just the visuals, but also touch and smell. That's the reason the herb garden was set up. But there are many things in our collection that we do not let the users kind of go near it because they are very fragile. So. that's the reason why we are trying to make it multisensorial in other ways trying to bring in new things add new things to the museum thank you for a wonderful tour of dsl bartium museum i hope a lot of us will now get motivated to come visit the space as well as stay tuned for the series wherein we will be exploring various themes covered by the museum in each of the following episodes thank you ma'am thank you so much until next time Some of you might remember this conversation with Radhika from our International Museum Day special in May 2022. This is a reworked version that we thought would provide an excellent introduction to our new series Ruh. This podcast series is a result of a foundation project implemented by the India Foundation for the Arts under its Archives and Museums program in collaboration with the SL Bhartiya History of Medicine Museum, Library and Archives. This was made possible with part support from the Parijath Foundation. We hope you join us again to explore more about Ruh 